He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how hard I'm contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how disciplined you are, and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in faith as you are taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you are also circumcised, with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of, the of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do you not handle, do not taste, do not touch? These rules, which have to do with things that are destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations, indeed, have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship their false humility, their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. This is the word of the Lord. Yeah. 
have been regular here might realize that over the last few weeks, I've had readings where I've only just got through a few verses of it, to be honest. So I've given David a whole chapter and a little bit more. thought he might like a challenge. Uh, so thank you, David, for taking that on. Uh, but let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you for our uh, coming under your word. And I just pray your blessing on David. Thank you for all you've shown him. Thank you for all you've given him as he's sought you over this, this time and he's meditated on this passage. Would you continue to breathe your life in and through him as he speaks to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep the book open, please. 1182. Verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith you were taught, and overflowing with thanksgiving. Father, please show us how. Amen. This is our foundation. Uh, the end of chapter 1, there was the mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And this, in chapter 2, is what we do as a consequence of that. Paul says, so in verse 28. So what? So we proclaim him, Jesus Christ, who he is, what he's done, so that we may present everyone mature, perfect or mature, in Christ. It's about being born in Christ, growing up in Christ. That's what Paul is proclaiming and encouraging us to proclaim. Christ, a title, um, anointed Messiah for a task task completed, job done. And the church is to participate in this growing up process. As in the birth process, a change in our members. So, two-handed lawyer again. Chapter 1, verse 22, Christ presents us holy and reconciled if we continue in faith, on the other hand, we live it out, responding to who Christ is and what he's done. Verse 9 is extraordinary. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity, Godhead, lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ. I have no idea what that means. But it's extraordinary. So stealing from somebody else's sermon, I have an image for you which might appear on, oh it has, good, on there. Um, I have to give uh, credit for the idea, it's not mine. The blue planet, this fish uh, coming out of the water, sort of bobbing out of the water to take the bird. The analogy is that underwater you can't see so far. If you're sort of half up and half down with your mask and your snorkel, you can see the water level there. You know, you can see a bit further in the higher realm and you can through the murky water. You swim around in there looking for the Titanic, you bump into a shopping trolley. But if you look up there, you see a bit further. And that's the spiritual realm. So the, the, the idea of how to do this is, is bobbing up and down all the time, looking at Jesus who is 
what he's done, back down to what we do on Earth, bobbing up, having another look, and carrying on with what we're doing. We can live underwater with the snorkel, with the air that comes from above, but we can't see as far. So that's the thought. We should look at Christ, who he is, and what he's done. And Paul calls him Christ, not Jesus, because it's the title, it's the task that he's completed. Don't worry about the bird. That's not part of the image. So what prompted Paul to write this letter? Some people say, oh, well, everything's absolutely hunky-dory with the uh, Colossians, and it's just encouragement. Some people say, well, no, 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 there's a little bit of wrong teaching about somewhere, uh, and that's what he seems to be looking at. Please think Hazel Mansell and the Ethiopian church. So Bob up, and we have in verse 3, all the treasures and knowledge in Christ, nothing more, nothing less. We come down, mustn't be deceived in this earthly realm. So if we bob up into the spiritual realm, we see the dangers for what they are, and we come back down again, we can live them out, perhaps in, uh, with a little bit more insight. Of course, it's always easier to spot other people's mistakes, isn't it? So what's the first danger? The first danger is of being, that he writes about, is of being deceived by fine-sounding arguments. This is sophistism, sophistication, where the words are more important than the substance. If it sounds good, that's what wins you the prize for oratory in the ancient Olympics. Gold medal, because it sounds good rather than the substance. Do we ever have that today at all, do you think? Does it ever just cross our mind? Advertising, politics, self-promotion, the soundbite. Election campaigns. What's a Christian soundbite that we might have to watch out for to see whether it's a fine-sounding argument or whether it's real? God answers all prayer. The answer's always yes, and it's always now. Have we ever heard something like that? In world speak, that might be, you can be whatever you want to be, you can have whatever you want to have, and it's all on credit because you're worth it. But uh, Jesus in Luke 22 says, Father, if you're willing to take this cup from me, the cup is the New Testament in my blood poured out for you, which we'll be celebrating in a minute. Well, maybe more than a minute. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Bob up to verse 3. In Christ all, uh, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. Now, I'm not suggesting for a minute that every single one of the dangers that Paul is writing about to the Colossians necessarily applies to you or to us or to our church or any particular church. But there are some here that might in some measure apply to some of us. So forgive me and only listen to the bits that God is telling you to listen to and don't listen to the rest of me. In verse 3, um, which I've just read, he, he goes on um, after that to say, uh, that he delights to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is. Discipline and firmness are two Roman 
virtues. This is a sort of image from his day about um, uh, discipline, which is training, and firmness, which is confidence, resolution, or faith. And these are the virtues of the legion. It's the legion that's the power of Rome, isn't it? The emperor depends upon it. Uh, it's the legion that fights the battles, carries out the crucifixions. But for us, the power of Christ is from the crucifixion. His triumph in verse 15 over all these powers, disarming them. Armless, disarmed, a weaponless legion really only has bluff. A Roman triumph, captives, booty, enslavement. Christ's triumph, freedom, forgiveness, reconciliation. Second danger, verse 8, that we might be taken captive by hollow deceptions of philosophy. Philosophy is a bit more than just which philosophy you're going for. It's not just Plato or Aristotle or whatever. Uh, it's more of a worldview. The, uh, Josephus, Josephus, the Jewish historian, quotes um, uh, the Pharisees and Sadducees' teaching as part of philosophy. So it's bigger than just what you might think about in um, university or something, or very late at night on the telly. So what are the philosophies of our day that represent a, a, a deception to us? I don't know, subjective truth? Militant atheism? A moral obligation to tell everybody that there's no moral obligation? Or is it meism? Sort of modern Epicurean, maybe. Um, the cult of the original, let's make America great, me, 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 money, sex and power, sex and drugs and rock and roll, me. C.S. Lewis says that this is with about selfishness is not um, if I can get it right no I'll find it later so Bob up these things in verse 8 depend on human tradition rather than on Christ and in verses 9 to 12 who is he what has he done and acting on it uh, I mentioned verse uh, chapter 22 of Luke, the, the Last Supper passage. This cup is the new covenant of my blood poured out for you. Verse 20. Verse 23, an immediate self-centered response to that. Who's going to betray you? Not me. Surely not me. And then the next in verse 24, there's an argument between the disciples as to which is going to be the greatest. They've just heard this astonishing Fulfillment, an explanation of the whole of the Old Testament, you like, in one little phrase, the new uh, covenant in my blood. And immediately, not me, and who is going to be the greatest? Do we ever see that in the church or in society, in our family, in ourselves? So Bob up, verse 11, a new circumcision by Christ. Verse 12, a new baptism in Christ, not man. Verse 13, new life made alive with Christ, not man. And 14, it's a new freedom, the code written against us, taken away by Christ. So what's the next danger? Verse 8, um, sometimes it's elemental spirits, sometimes it's basic, basic principles of this world, depending on which version you have. Les isn't here, so I can't 
asking whether I'm getting this right, but stokia is apparently the Greek word, and it means spirits of Persian religion or magical um, instruments or magical documents uh, in his day. In our day, I'm not sure what that is. Maybe it's um, Kabbalah, maybe it's the Turin Shroud, maybe it's the teleprograms that talk about, is this bit of rock part of Noah's Ark? Well, where is the Ark now? Somewhere in Ethiopia, but just where? Can I go look at it, please? Can I get my hands on it? Because these things somehow are symbols of power. Um, Diana jo sorry, Indiana Jones and the temple, no, wrong, the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark is about finding the Ark, the thing, because somehow that may have power, some sort of elemental spirit type of power. A philosopher's stone, perhaps more recently. The um, Telegraph, as quoted in the week, says that there's a new uh, symbol uh, of image and power now about, it's not... Uh, whether you've got a sports car, a yacht, uh, a trophy wife or husband, a um, uh, designer clobber, it's now the number of passports you've got so that you can cope with Brexit. The number of passports you've got um, so that you can reinvent yourself. You can be whatever you want to be. You can depend on these other powers. Passport, bit of paper, power. I can be somebody else. I can be Irish and escape this obligation. Rather than bobbing up and looking at verse 8, rather than on Christ. And again, verse 15, Christ disarmed the powers and authorities, making a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. That's why we have a cross, isn't it? I thought of the Agincourt salute. Forgive me if this is going to be a bit offside. But, you know, two fingers. Why? Because the French said that they would chop off the, the fingers with which you draw a bow. If they found a Welsh or English archer, they'd chop his fingers off to triumph over them, the triumph of the knight, metal over the bow. Happens to be wood. But it was the other way around, wasn't it? The bow triumphed over the metal armor, and the sign has become a Churchillian sign of victory. We don't worship the cross, do we? But we do worship Christ for what he did there. So that's triumphing, I think, over these powers by holding up not the fingers, but the cross. And the next thing, maybe in verse 16, is this a danger to us, letting others judge us about what we eat or drink or our festivals or new moons or Sabbaths? What's that about in Paul's day? Maybe it's slipping back into repeat sacrifices, slipping back into law. Ugh, why? Bob up out of the water into the spiritual realm. Verse 17, they're shadows of things to come. In Christ, it's all fulfilled. Brought in by the new covenant, one sacrifice once and for all. So perhaps for us it's procedure in our day. Maybe we just occasionally want to do things in, in the same way or we'll follow a procedure as if there's some merit in it. I, I went to a church service the other day in the hospital and there was a request there for the, the hymn Onward Christian Soldiers. Um, you know the second verse. Like a mighty army moves the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where the saints have trod. 
uh, and this is parodied sometimes, like a mighty tortoise stands the Church of God, brothers, we're standing where we've always stood. Well, if we could stand on God's word, we might do better than standing on the procedures that our great-grandfathers thought were good. But we must understand what's in it. Not the procedure itself. We don't worship the procedure, do we? We worship the truth that it's expressing. And again, what we eat or drink doesn't have any merit in itself. If you have a problem with alcohol and you don't drink alcohol, that is a practical response to the risk. It's not a merit in itself. It's not something we can store up. Perhaps we do the same with fasting. Perhaps we do that, maybe, when we decide what to give up in Lent. We haven't got quite to the reason why. There's a story about Wesley's mother. Dozens of children, very, very busy day. Uh, once a day, for an hour, she puts her pinafore over her head to pray. So I've got to go out and buy a pinafore. You know, it's all in the pinafore. It's not in the pinafore. It's in praying in the situation, surrounded by the children. And for her, it's a bit complicated, this, but she's put the pinafore so she can see further. It's bobbing up. It's being able to get to see God rather than to be stuck with uh, the situation you're in and to focus on Christ. Well, verse 18, there's another danger. Not sure about this one. This is um, a danger of being disqualified. It must be a danger or the Bible wouldn't take the trouble to warn against it. But what could disqualify us? False humility and the worship of angels. False humility first. This is Lewis. Um, it's not that we should think less of ourselves. It's that we should think of ourselves less. But this false humility, if you like Trollope, it's Obadiah Slope, you know, humble self-promotion. But it's the falseness of it, the hypocrisy Greek word, hypocrite, it means actor, somebody who is pretending, playing a part. It's in my family, hypocrisy in the church is the number one reason for members of my family falling away from their faith. But we can bob up in verse 11 and look at Jesus again. And verses 13 to 15, when you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. We are humble. There's no pretense. What have we got? Nothing. It's all Christ, isn't it? Nothing from us. It's a faith. And what about the worship of angels? Mbateo, I think is the Greek word. It's to do with mystery cults and initiations. I must say I remembered it when Tim mentioned the Archdeacon being initiated. <laughs> but this is sort of Gnostic, isn't it? It's a sort of extra special wisdom and power and knowledge that I've got. Special procedure that I've been through. And it leads us to sort of exclude other people. A 
quite apart from the fact that it's uh, described in verse 23 as self-imposed self worship, and Revelation 19.10 says, don't worship angels. But this Gnosticism that was around in Paul's day and has re-arrived now, I think, it sort of downgrades Jesus to a semi-God. And the person is described in verse 18 as puffed up, going into great detail of what he has seen. So in our day, is it spiritual boasting? Self-promotion? It's good for my CV. That's what I'll do next. It's good for my CV. Personal promotion. Verse 19 says, such a person has lost connection with Christ the head of the universal church, the body, in which the whole body has been uh, holds together. This is not addressed to James. But I wonder for me sometimes, am I wanting to worship a spiritual experience? Or am I wanting to worship as a spiritual experience? Can we sometimes worship the worship leader? Can we sometimes almost begin to worship the leader? Can we sometimes almost begin to worship someone who brings a new dynamic and wonderful teaching or experience rather than looking at Jesus? And the next danger, in verse 20 perhaps, um, is submitting to demonic forces. Why do you submit to these old rules? So what are they? Don't touch, don't handle, don't taste these um, spiritual powers, verse 20 and 21. Is that a hangover in Paul's day? from Judaism with the food laws and the rules about who you can and can't eat with, have fellowship with, talk to. Perhaps then that's it, but what is it now? If we remind ourselves, Peter's vision in Acts 10, the sheet and all the creatures, just before he meets the Roman centurion, a Gentile, whom you wouldn't otherwise be allowed to touch, talk to, listen to, or minister to, he hears the words, don't you call unclean something that God has made clean? And in Acts 10, sorry, Acts 15, there's the big council, isn't there, in Jerusalem? What do you have to do as a Christian if you weren't brought up as a Jew? So what, do we, what's, how, what does that look like, perhaps, in our day? Maybe, maybe there's some sort of elitism as that just occasionally we might just see in other churches, of course. Some have some sort of shunning or some sort of exclusive nature sometimes. Um, can't really have proper fellowship with, with somebody who isn't a Christian. Um, I might be right, but it doesn't mean to say we can't have love. Perhaps not somebody who's my kind of Christian, just belongs to our group. These are reinventing rules, I think. Who can, who can come to communion this week? Is there some special sin that means you can't? Because the rest of us are all right. Something, maybe you better not come. But if we bob up and look at Christ again, verse 11, a new 
circumcision but by Christ not by human hands we look at him and in verse 20 you died with Christ to these demonic powers why do you submit to them as if you still belong to them perhaps that's world rules and is it our status that we worry about my brother-in-law was a high court judge now he's retired and he's a trainee Gideon Sorry, I beg your pardon, a trainee Samaritan. And the rest of us, what are we? We might have been something, but now, what are we? Perhaps we're carpenters' interns, just learning, slowly. And the last one, harsh treatment of the body. Forgive me if I'm treading on your corns here. I think in Paul's day, this is asceticism, mysticism, you know? It, it's the idea of... Um, some of those Christians living on a, on a pole, Simon Stylites, on his own, to get away from the world, and then I'll be all right with God if I can just get away. Nuns walled up in a small cupboard to get away from the world, to be able to pray properly away from the world. Are they looking for merit in the procedure, in the isolation, in the control of the body? Is there merit in the control of the body? Are we fasting for the wrong reason? Are we giving things up in Lent for the wrong reason? 50,000 people today, apparently, running a marathon in New York City. Some, no doubt, for charity. Some, perhaps, for the endorphin, whatever that is. I don't think I found that. Mr. Izzard, 30 marathons in 30 days. Because I can. I can. It's a procedure. But is there a risk with obsessive control of the body through what we eat, what we, what we put in, excessive, excessive control of the body? If you happen to have anorexia, that's difficult. But don't expose yourself to the risk of it if you haven't. In order to have a six-pack or a beach body, whatever those are, but is it really to promote our own self-image and our own self-worth? Bob up in verse 23. It lacks any value in restraining even sensual indulgence. It doesn't do what it says on the tin. It might be dangerous. It lacks any value. Bob up 23. The appearance of wisdom. 17. Reality found in Christ and as a tester for next week chapter 3 verse 1 since you have been raised with Christ set your heart set your hearts the real you set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and again in verse 10 fullness of Christ given by grace, not by running a marathon. So let's pray together. Father, as we received Jesus Christ as Lord, may we continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as we were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Please. Amen.
going to respond by, first of all, singing, um, and then we're going to respond by receiving communion together. Would you like to stand? Before, before we sing, I'd just like us to take uh, a moment of quiet. Heavenly Father, what do you want to say to each one of us this morning? What is it we need to hear from you that we need to take away from all that David has brought before us, all that he's challenged us about? That will encourage us and spur us on this coming week. Would you reveal yourself to us as we continue to worship, as we continue to offer ourselves before you and to receive from you, for it is by grace that we are saved. And we bob our heads up and lift up your name, the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. This is a new song for the congregation, so if you would like to, if, if it's not familiar to you, feel free to just listen to the um, first verse and the chorus, and then join in as you feel able. You were the word at the beginning, one with God the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation, now revealed in you are Christ. What a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful. 